on today's Locked On Mavs, Locked On Warriors crossover. Who's going to guard Luka Doncic? How are they going to handle Steph Curry? Who comes out on top in this series? We'll tell you everything you need to know on today's crossover. Nick Angston from Locked On Mavs. Cyrus Sots is Locked On Warriors. Let's go. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs and Warriors your first listen every day. Remember, we are both free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow is subscribe to the show and comment anything below. Locked On Mavs listeners know this. Go comment on Locked On Warriors video. Let's go, Mavs. Cyrus, what would you like the uh, the Warriors fans to comment on Ma- on the the Mavericks channel? Oh, so so is that why I've been getting comments on my channel? I've noticed that recently. Um, oh yeah, Mavs fans. We destroyed just, we destroyed you know, Brendan Clean's Locked On Suns channel. We destroyed <laughs> we destroyed the Locked On Jazz channel. It's just, well, we destroyed the Suns literally, but uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I guess I would like Dub Nation to go through and remind them of the championship actually let me rephrase that the dynasty pedigree of this dub's dynasty go 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 comment dub's dynasty yeah that everyone seems to easily forget that it was just you know long two and a half three years ago (laughs) i guess the warriors rolled now to most people so yeah remind (laughs) the mavericks crew hey look this team still has that dynasty pedigree and uh it's gonna be fun right the voice that you're hearing right now is cyrus satz's host the locked on warriors cyrus Let's start right here with the Warriors, and we'll start with the Warriors now. Then in the second segment, I'll have you ask me questions about the Mavs so that the Warriors yes. fans can know what uh, what what the the Mavs are actually like. Because I've okay. I've heard I've heard some th- some things from Warriors fans that don't know what they're talking about. So we'll see. What have you heard? I'm I'm very <laughs> I, I'm very curious. What have you heard? We'll we'll talk about that in segment two. Let's start right. with let's start with the the Warriors. This Warriors defense has really impressed me, and it's one of those. And the Mavs defense is similar where. You're like, I don't know how this defense is so good because they, you know, this Warriors team has obviously Draymond. That's an incredible, you know, asset to have in any defense, just the way he quarterbacks, the way he plays defense. But to have Clay coming back from injury and not being his best defensive self, to have Steph, to have Jordan Poole, to have, you know, some of these guys, and to still be an incredible defense without Draymond. Like with Draymond, this team had the number two, or with Draymond on the court, they were a 104 defensive rating. That would have been first in the NBA. With Draymond off the court, 109.5. That would have ranked third in the NBA. How is this defense so good even when Draymond's off the court? It It, it, it is a, a large part of it is a system. Uh, I remember after the first round of the playoffs, um, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm totally brain farting on his name. The point guard for the Atlanta Hawks is superstar Trey, 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 Young. Trey Young. Thank you. I'm tired today. I apologize. It's okay. Trae we tried to, we tried to forget his name over here too. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, I don't think you should. I mean, you should Mavs, for the rest Mavs of your legend. lives. Living Mavs the, legend. Living the, glor- living the glory of Luca being uh, dropped on your lap instead of Trey. But the Trey Young made a great uh, point about the Miami Heat defense, which is, which any, any, I'm paraphrasing. He said that it didn't matter who the players were in that defense regarding us. Uh, it was their system. Mm. And the Warriors have this, this uh, defensive system in place. It's been in place since Kerr came in. And even, even his predecessor, Mark Jackson, kind of laid the foundation for it. I mean, he, he was the first Warriors coach in my entire life that I've known who emphasized defense. Uh, and it was the beginning of the turnaround for this organization. But wow, they played a straight. Don Nelson. 
Yeah, who was, I mean, look, Don <laughs> Nelson was ahead of his time in terms of, and Donnie Nelson, who was with the Mavericks for a long time, and he coached the Mavs for a little bit. But yep. no, Donnie, Don Nelson was ahead of his time in that, that he saw small ball as the future of this game. He just never had the personnel, unfortunately, yeah. for him. But um, they play defense on a string. And what that means is, is that they're constantly getting each other's backs in terms of switches. They play together long enough to know when to switch, when not to switch. Um, they are a long team. Stephen Curry is vastly underrated as a defender. Um, that block on Dylan Brooks in game six against the Grizzlies is a great example of that. But he's he's developed strength and and he takes that defensive liability criticism to heart. He He's admitted multiple times he looks at all the chatter on social media and then some um, as, a, as a motivational tool. So this team, despite not having a legit shop blocker, uh, they move fast. Again, they play in a string, and that and that attitude also extends to the rebounding as well, which is a huge reason why they out-rebounded the Grizzlies despite being a vastly smaller team. Um, so that's that's it's a system that is in place that um, is incredibly effective. And and in all honesty, the numbers this year I think are skewed a little bit because this Warriors team, and this is why I think so many people are thrown off by this Warriors team and why they still, in a lot of ways, criticize them is because they James haven't been missed. healthy. Yeah. What's up? Games missed. They've been, yeah, I mean, dude, so the big games. Yeah, their big three, for example, played a, whole, a total of 11 minutes together in the regular season. Jordan Poole didn't really figure things out until the second half of the season. Uh, you know, and and so it's hard to tell what this team is based on the regular season. Um, and you're starting to see it now. And it's 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 an experienced group that plays wholeheartedly together. Uh, they grasp the concept of a team. No individual player has a high usage rate on the team. Um, oh, and shots, so that's shots fired. A little bit, yeah, a little <laughs> bit, because the Warriors have faced this kind of offense before where they have one guy that is a – and I don't know if they've ever played a superstar like this outside of LeBron James. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – it's uh, they've seen this before, and I'm curious to see how they handle it this time. Well, let's transition to that. So, so they've seen this before. They played Jokic in the first round, right? Like that's a, a player that's, you know, arguably better than Luka is right now. His supporting cast was just decimated by injuries. They yeah. played they played John Morant, who doesn't have the same kind of usage, but still like takes many shots and, and you know is gonna have the ball a ton. How do you see them defending Luka? Because I start looking down the line and I don't see Draymond guarding him one on one. That's just not how their defense works. And then after that it's like, okay, is it Wiggins? Is it Porter Jr. who's just probable for game one? Is it Kaminga that comes in? How do you see that playing out and who guards Luka for the most part? Wiggins. It's almost definitely going to be a Wiggins matchup. Um, and I actually had Bob Fitzgerald, the uh, the TV voice of the Warriors, on my podcast this morning. I'm doing a doubleheader today. Hey. So what's the conference finals, right? You got to, you got to, it's all, we're going all out here. So, <laughs> and he made a great point because I asked him that. I was like, you know what, it, what do you think? Because Kerr's not going to reveal it in a press conference. Him and the and some players did a presser this morning, but they're not going to reveal anything like that. So, you know, Fitz's guess is what I'm going to roll with, which is that they're going to double him. They're not going to make life easy yeah. because... When you defend the Mavericks, it's really you have you have two strategies to employ. Either you 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 force Luca to get it out of his hands and make other players beat you, or you let Luca have his, but you don't let him be that amazing ball distributor that he is. Um, and I think, at least from initial impressions, I think they're going to really uh, uh, focus largely on Luca. They might sim might do a box in one style defense where. Uh, Wiggins is on him, but his second player is constantly shadowing in the process. He used the word shadowing. That was like the, the word that Fitz liked to use a lot in, on this morning's show. So um, I look, there's there's no stopping Luca. Even if Draymond Green was guarding him, 
Luca would still get his 30 points. The question is, how can he make life difficult for him? Uh, and, and that's the challenge. But I, I do think they're going to at least initially go with the shadowing approach where uh, they're going to try to double him as much as possible. And if if players like Dinwiddie or Brunson, you know, beat the Warriors, so be it. Oh yeah, the Suns. The Suns kind of said this. Kind of said a similar thing, and <laughs> they are. Um, all right, let's let, let's transition a little bit to, to the offense because I think that Clay Thompson coming back. Clay Thompson become obviously a huge part, but he's been out for two years. He came yeah. back. People saw him initially, and he was just jacking up a bunch of shots. The Warriors were like, "Hey, let's get you back into your rhythm. Take as many shots as you want." He was shooting like thirty percent, you know, in certain games. Yeah. Uh, but now Clay Thompson's back, and he's he's scoring twenty points a game. And now this Warriors team with Curry, Clay, and Pool now the pool party and all that that everybody's been hearing about forever. What does Clay Thompson look like right now? What is what is he? What should Mavs fans expect from Clay Thompson? Is are the Splash Splash Brothers and this pool party thing? Is it everything that it, that it's cracked up to be? Here's, um, in my opinion, this series is really going to come down largely to how uh, I call them the Splash Party, right? Is when you talk about the triumvirate of Stephen Curry, uh, Jordan Poole, and and Clay Thompson, it's going to come down largely to how Clay and Poole shoot because. Mm. What we saw in the regular season, and especially in the last game of the regular season, and Kerr alluded to that in the press conference uh, just a few moments ago, actually. Um, he's viewing that last regular season matchup as the indicator um, <clears throat> for how to prepare and also how what to expect from the Mavericks. And what Jason Kidd and most great coaches, if not all of them in this game, do when they face the Warriors is they don't want Stephen Curry to be the guy to beat them. Um, and the Mavericks strongly emphasize that. Uh, Steph oh, yeah. averaged 20... Yeah, Steph averaged only 20 points per game against the Mavericks in their meetings during the regular season. Well, and that, uh, that know, last that one game in March, Steph had zero shot attempts in the fourth quarter. Now, Dray Draymond, Draymond did not play in that game, and so it's very different the way that they're going to be able to guard him, but that is something correct. the Mavs tried to do. Yeah, and so um, and the, and the truth is, like they, they start attacking Steph the moment he crosses that yeah. half-court line. Um, so, <clears throat> so the Mavericks are basically uh, are going to force other players to beat him. And that's where I think Otto Porter Jr. is going to have a, a, a much larger impact because Wiggins is really hit or miss with his deep shot. Um, you mean all-star <clears throat> starter Andrew Wiggins? I would like to add the worst all-star <laughs> starter in the history of the all-star game. I, I, I like this morning, for example, when I tweeted out the multiple all-star thing and you came back at me and you said Wiggins, I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about him. The yeah. Warriors had three all-stars this year. I mean, I Dre know, and Steph were also all-stars. That, that is like the Andrew Wiggins thing. He's showing his worth with the defensive side of the ball. His mm. effort has been there. He's made some clutch shots. Game six against the Grizzlies. Those threes in the fourth quarter were massively huge. But for every game like that, he has clunkers. And, you know, yeah. he has one of the ugliest shots in the NBA, in my opinion. When he misses, you can hear it from a mile away. Uh, so it's going to come down to Clay. You, that was a, really the, the the main part of the question here. Clay Thompson, to, I don't think is much very different from the old Clay offensively. Mm. Um, it, people love to remember all the glorious aspects of Clay in the old days, but he also was a streaky shooter. He would have a lot of bad games. Um, you know, there would be a lot of you know fifteen point nights where I don't know if he ever went oh for he dropped donuts from three, but he had some bad games, and then he would oftentimes come back with really strong ones after that. So I think Clay will have three or four huge games. Um, Jordan Poole to me is going to be the ultimate X factor because his shooting went to crap in the Grizzly series. Like it just, it just, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his three point shooting in that Grizzly series was abysmal and, and they can't afford to have that happen again against the Mavericks because again, Stephen Curry is going to be taken out. 
Um, but I do think Clay will have a solid game. He's had so he has so much postseason experience. Yeah. His shot hasn't gone away. I was happy to see Game Six Clay come back. Um, but they're going to have to. And and the the X factor I think offensively for the Warriors is going to be Draymond. I yeah. really think Draymond is going to have his his pick of the litter for shots. I mean, if he attacks the rim, the Mavericks are in trouble. Um, just because he can handle the ball, he is effective penetrating and laying it up. He does have a good floater. Uh, he had that one bad game that everyone criticized him for. I think it was Game Five when they got blown up by the Grizzlies, but he came back strong. And nobody the Mavericks, had a good game then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the, the Mavericks are just going to have to live with that, you know. And I, and I think that's going to be a tough choice. But I think Clay will be fine. But he'll lay some stinkers like he always does. Coming up, Cyrus is going to ask me all about the Dallas Mavericks and tell Golden State Warriors fans what they need to know. And after that, Cyrus has been Cyrus has been talking up this Warriors team and said some some spicy things on Locked On Warriors. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold his feet to the fire on those comments yeah, coming up in the do. third segment. But before we do, let me tell you about Athletic Greens. It's the best thing you can do for your body in 60 seconds. It doesn't take very long. It's just this powder that you put in eight ounces or some or something like that of water. You mix it all up and you get 75 high quality vitamins, whole so- whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. The guy that created this had all these different problems and he went to all these different doctors trying to figure out, okay, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my gut health? What's wrong with, with all these different things? And at the end of the day, after he went to all these different specialists and stuff, he was taking like $100 worth of pills a day and said, there's no way that this is the answer for my, my problems here. So he created AG1. AG1 can help you right now. It can help your immune system. It can help you with your gut health, your nervous system, um, recovery, focus, aging, all the stuff. It supports all that. So go check it out. Um, it's super easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network, athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. The product is AG1 to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Cyrus, what do you want to know about the Dallas Mavericks? Is the Jalen Brunson that we saw in the first two rounds the Jalen Brunson that we're going to see in this series. And what I mean by that is he was a second round pick, correct? I mean, this is a, a, yeah, a early player that round. was not yeah, 33, 33. A, a player that was not expected to be a star, which is suddenly now kind of like the role he's taken as, as Luca's uh, Robin to his bad man. Um, how is he going to play in this series? Yeah, great question. The, the Jalen Brunson experience has been so interesting because the, he got drafted in the same draft as Luca. He was a high second round pick, but he was the most like one of the most decorated players in college basketball. Two national championships. He was Player of the Year, you know, at Villanova. Like high pedigree. Came in. His his dad was Rick Brunson, the NBA player, so he comes from a basketball family. And then he comes Dude. in the NBA, and he's limited to this role off the bench. He he had a big learning curve to try and figure out in the NBA because his game is all about this herky-jerky, like, crossovers in the lane, and then just, like, the timing. I compare him to a drummer that, like, plays offbeat stuff, right? Like, that Uh that plays offbeat where all of a sudden the defender's like, okay, this guy's going to cross over. I'm going to try to catch his rhythm. And then as soon as he throws up a jumper, I'm going to know when to come up and contest or, or get a block. And even when he's against guys like... Like in the in the Sun series, he was going up against Jay Crowder or even sometimes Bridges. And just with his timing, the way that he puts up a floater on the run or a post up like to to try and throw up a shot, he can get guys in a bad situation and throw up a clean shot because of his timing and his 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 rhythm. And so he has really taken a step up this year. The the Jalen Brunson we saw against the Jazz was incredible. Not a player we saw 
at all in the regular season. And he right. just took a complete step up because in the playoffs, everything is just squeezed, right? Like everything is just to the point where, okay, we got to find a couple advantages here and there. And as soon as you find that advantage, you just run that over and over and over and over again. And Jalen Brunson was that guy with Luke, yeah. with Luca missing the first three games. And we've seen Brunson be able to attack guys like Chris Paul, attack guys like Donovan Mitchell, attack guys like Mike Conley. And so I think the Mavericks are going to try to do that same thing. He's going to attack Curry. He's going to attack Jordan Poole one-on-one. He's going to attack um, probably Klay Thompson even. Klay Thompson's bigger, yeah. but he's going to be. he has a couple moves that he can get off against guys like that. And I think that, that it's going to be really fascinating to see if he can still be as effective. And uh, they're going to need him to against this Warriors team because they need him to be that second guy. Correct. I, I think clearly they do because – one thing I look at with your team, uh, with the Mavericks, is I've never seen a team in in all my years watching this game win a world championship when there is not a, a clear cut second superstar. What I mean by that is you have your guy. You've, you've never seen a team win win a title where there's a second superstar. <laughs> uh, who's the head coach of your team? He was on that team too. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, who's the, who's the other Hall of Famer on the Mavericks right now? I don't, you know, like there's no one. I mean, Jason Kidd, even though he was closer to he the was tail end of his then. career, but he was still solid. I mean, he was still an incredible player and was huge on that team. Tyson Chandler was huge Great. on that team. Yep. Um, Sean yeah. Marion was huge on that team. I mean, you had big, big names on that team besides Dirk Nowitzki. Sure. I don't see that caliber this year. You're right. That that 11, 2011 Mavericks team was um, sort of an anomaly, but I still think Jason Kidd, even though, again, he was near the tail end of his career. He was a Hall of Famer, and he, I remember him making huge shots in that series. Yeah, uh, so, so my question is: Like, are you confident in Jalen Brunson being that second fiddle? Are you? You confident? don't have to say Jalen Brunson like that with the, with the disgust well, with, in your voice. Well, I, I mean, Jalen Brunson. I mean, <laughs> he hasn't proven anything yet. I guess that's what you know. Like, I, 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 to me, respect is earned in this game. It's not just given. And what I mean by earned is you got to like actually succeed in the postseason, going all the way. Before you, could, you actually, sh- you, before I'm impressed and I'm I'm giving respect to a player, uh, uh, Jalen Brunson is what 23? I mean, 22. Uh, you know, outside of this season, I haven't really seen him. Oh, he's 25, I guess. But I'm I haven't seen him outside older. this season do much. Uh, I mean, is is Dorian Finney-Smith that that second wheel? Who's the guy that's going to take pressure off Luca realistically? Like, is it is it Brunson? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Brunson. And through two playoff rounds, we've seen Jalen Brunson step up and be that guy that has been like this. Now, it, it surprised some of us, but Brunson has had really good games all year with, with Luka out or other things. And, and going into the playoffs, we were like, okay, we've seen him do it against the Kings and the Rockets and the, the teams like that. But can he do it against the Jazz, who are not the greatest defense, but still had Rudy Gobert, still had you know Royce O'Neal, still had a couple of you know wing defenders. Can he do it against the Phoenix Suns, who were the third best defense in the NBA this year? And he did it against both those teams. We saw him have some big games against those teams. And he's, you know, averaging 23 points a game. He's shooting 46% from the field on shots that are all tough. He's not getting any shots that are like, okay, here's a here's the ball. Just shoot right there. He's not getting fed anything. He's creating everything for himself. Right. And I think Jalen Brunson has proven in these last two rounds, especially against that Phoenix team, that he can be that guy. Now, he may have some stinkers here and there. He's not like a bring it 100% of the time and have, you know, and produce 100% of the time player at this point in his career. But this is another big test for him. And if the Mavericks are going to win, they're going to need him to step up in at least like, I don't know, five, let's say it goes seven, five of the seven games they need him to step up. I no doubt. I, I really think this is where Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be missed for you guys. I, I would be a lot more nervous if Hardaway was there. 
Um, I just don't see a 6-1 guy who in his first year of producing real results uh, being the difference maker. That's just my opinion on this. But um, I, I, that's that's where I guess let me ask you this. The Warriors are number one in the NBA in points off cuts and points off screens. Uh, they're known notoriously for their for their ball movement offensively. They're known notoriously for constantly moving off the ball. They exhaust opposing teams. Yeah. Um, how are the Mavericks going to be scoring against this Warriors team when I, 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 I don't know how I get like, what's Luka going to do defensively? Like, who do you think the Warriors going to attack? Uh, wh- what player is going to attack Luka on the Warriors? And how do you think the Mavericks going to respond to being tested defensively like they've never been tested before? Uh, the Mavericks have the Mavericks team defense is in a similar way to the way that you described the Warriors. Like there, you look at this, some of the, you look at their parts and you're like, how is this Mavericks team the best, like the best or second best defense since January in the regular season? And he's like, Hey, Finney Smith's a good defender. Bullock's a good defender. You, you would say Luca's a bad defender. Brunson's problem, you know, is doesn't have the tools to be a good defender. They have Dwight Powell as a center and like Maxi Kleba coming off the bench. But it's it's the sum of their parts. Like they put it all together. Mm. They play really good team defense. And you saw in the first two games against the Suns, the Suns attacked Luca mm-hmm. so much over and over and over again with Chris Paul, with Devin Booker. They tried to go at him with speed. They tried to go at him with, all right, we're gonna have this dribble handoff, and then all of a sudden this guy is gonna, you know, their Mavs are gonna switch, and then we have Luca on the run. The Mavs took that all away after after that because of their team defense. They found ways to like they kind of shadow double when someone Luca gets on somebody. They they found ways to, you know, to to throw a trap on somebody when Luca's gets stuck on an island. They found ways to hedge a little bit on those. They they found just little ways here and there to kind of protect Luca. But Luca's mm-hmm. also just stepped up his game. He's been better defensively this season than we've seen him. Which maybe Agreed. that's maybe that's going from like a negative five to like a you know a zero. But still. He's been solid, and the Mavericks, when all five of their parts work really well together, played yeah. incredible defense. I mean, look at some of the games that the Suns had when the Suns were – I mean, the, the last two teams that the Mavericks have played, the Jazz were the number one offense in the NBA, and they they held them under 100 points a couple times. And then they played the Suns, who were the number three offense in the NBA, and they held them under 100 points. And so I look number at this – how? By points per game or efficiency? What do you mean by that? Offensive, offensive rating, so points scored per 100 okay. possessions. Okay. And so you look at those two teams, and so they've they've – They've done it against those two teams. Now, this Warriors team, we don't know what their real rating would have been. They were 17th in the NBA in in offensive rating. But like you said, they've only played 11 minutes with those three guys. That matters a lot. And so who's going to attack Luka? I mean, they're going to try with Curry, right? They don't do the thing where Curry just isos against the guy. There's there's not that play where Curry isos against Kevin Love like in the finals, right? I don't see that happening too often. Just by design from the Warriors, but they're gonna try right. to they're gonna try to run some of that stuff. Pool's probably gonna try some of that stuff. Um, but if Clay tries to like, you know, post up or tries to like go at Luca, Luca's just big and strong, right? It's just so you have to do it with speed and you have to do it with, you know, quickness and agility. So that's gonna be really interesting. But it's gonna be interesting to see if the Mavericks, you know, if their tenets of their defense, the way that they defended against the Suns, holds up. Um, but but coming up, let's get into a couple of things and comments that you said about the Mavericks and about the Warriors, even Please. going so far as to saying that the Warriors already passed their biggest test in the playoffs so far and played the yeah, second best team. Yeah, I agree. Team, I, I believe that. Played the best team in the in the NBA final playoffs already. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. I love them. The birthday cake puffs. I got them in the mail. They're great. It's like, like eating frosting and uh-huh. only nine grams of sugar in it. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, just nine grams of sugar. 
Oh, and the manna from heaven this morning. My boss, David Locke, texts me. I know you love this, he says. And I was like, what? The brownie batter puff is back. Oh, he had the in. He told me he told me a week ago. He said, hey, sources say the brownie batter puff is coming back at Belt Bar because he talked to the CEO and he told them that he knows I love that bar. I ordered two boxes yesterday. You can go get them right now. They're they're delicious. It's maybe my favorite candy bar that I've I've ever had. That brownie batter puff (laughs) is so good. 100 percent chocolate with marshmallow fluff in the middle. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only seven grams of sugar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order at Built. We also want to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to keep all the parts for your car that you need. There's Just think about all the parts in a car. Like Just think through your car. I know some of us don't know anything about cars, me included. But if I think through, (laughs) there's so many different parts, and now there's so many different cars. How could one place have all of them? Well, Rock Auto does. They have all that stuff. Check out what they have for you. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can look up the year, the make, the model of your car, and they just lay it out for you. Here's a part. Here's a part. Stuff that people can easily replace, like carpet or, you know, know, lights or things like that. Check it out at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck right right, right, locked on. And how did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Cyrus, we've talked about the Warriors. We've talked about the Mavs. Now, I got to hold your feet to the fire here a little bit. Please. Because I have never been DM'd and and added on Twitter and, and comments on Facebook or comments on uh, on YouTube about another lockdown host as I have about you. <laughs> well, well, it's also in, in my defense. This is the first time in what eleven years you've been to the Western Conference Finals, so I'm sure everything's being uh, blown up and and uh, exasperated in the process, right? I mean, unless you're hearing this a month ago, then wow. So a couple but, days ago on your on your podcast, you said the Warriors just beat. The second best team in the playoffs, meaning the Grizzlies, after themselves. Yes. The Grizzlies was their biggest test. The Grizzlies without John Morant was the Warriors' biggest test. Better than the Mavericks, better than the Suns would have been, better than the Celtics would have been, better than the Heat, better than even the the Bucks. I think the Celtics are the next closest, uh, the most co- comparable team. But, I mean, look, when I say the second best team, the Grizzlies literally were the second best team in the regular season. Um, so if we're going to bring regular season stats into this, that's the stat that matters most is wins and losses. They were literally the second best team. I mean, you know, I don't, it's just, I don't understand why people are ignoring that. And then when you look at the the Grizzlies without John Morant, a quarter of a season is a solid sample size. And for all the people saying 20 and five was the record with the, without jaw, I say, take a step back and look at the record before those last three losses. They were actually 20 and two without John Morant. And those last three losses were at the end of the season, all in consecutive manner. And they already had the second seed locked up. It's not like they were out there trying their best to win these games. Their lo- and their losses were to the Celtics, to a Nuggets team fighting for seeding, to a Jazz team fighting for seeding. The Grizzlies, to me, and again, this is just based on 30-something years of, of closely observing NBA basketball, were a massively huge threat, with or without jaw. They're defensively, they're, I, I, you know, the, the athleticism, the length, uh, you know, again, defensively, they were incredibly efficient. I've never seen a team in recent history give that much trouble to the Warriors uh, and, and drag their their numbers down so much. It was um, it was a I little pers- like that. We believe Warriors team, right? It was just a, it was just a way that that Grizzlies team was set up. All their strengths, like combated the Warriors' weaknesses in a way. Except except that the Grizzlies again had the second best record in the NBA. The We Believe Warriors were like the eighth <laughs> seed and and pull off the upset. So uh, you know, like when I when again, I'm I know I'm in the minority saying that. All right, but 
uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things, the Suns never impressed me this whole year. Uh, you know, because here, okay, when you look at the Golden State Warriors, and when people look at me and go, "What are you talking about? Why are you so hyped up on them?" I'll, I'll give you two reasons. One is you were on the Suns as as frauds for a while, like you were, for you were on since, yeah, since December, and I'll tell you why in a second. First of all, I've been following the Warriors since 1987. All right, and the Warriors for nearly my entire life until 2013 were the Sacramento Kings of the NBA, if, if that metaphor applies to the younger demographic out there. They were awful. They made one playoff appearance in 18 years during that stretch. So I, if, if for the people who say, like, why are you so cocky or arrogant? And I'm sorry that I come off that way. That's never in the intention. But I'm excited because a team that I never in my life thought would be anywhere decently good is now a dynasty. And I'm floating on it. I'm enjoying every second of it. And I don't think they have dropped off that much from their peak teams in like 2017, for example. Uh, so, and then, so, so that's, that's the giddiness. Now in regard to the Suns, people easily forget that the Warriors through January were the best team in the NBA. Stephen Curry was your leader for MVP. Um, and then in January, you had two things happen simultaneously. You had Clay Thompson come back, but then Draymond Green got hurt. And uh, and Clay obviously is still not near where he was a year ago. I think offensively, or a few years ago, I think offensively he's close, but defensively he still has guys blowing by him. Whereas that never used to happen. He used to be someone who could stay in front of of, of whoever he's guarding on a routine basis. The and the Warriors beat the Suns on Christmas Day in Phoenix handily. That was a game that both teams were trying really hard at. And when I saw that, my Warriors were gone. I saw those teams play again in, I think, late April, early May, and the Suns squeaked out a 107-103 victory at Chase Center against a Warriors team that did not have Stephen Curry. Like Those two games were enough for me to see, okay, this Suns team, they're finesse. Uh, I I was not in any way supportive of them going gung-ho this regular season, trying to get the 64 wins or whatever they were aiming for, because the Warriors learned in 2016 that energy is not infinite. It is finite. And they lost. Uh, Leandro Barbosa told me a year ago in an interview I did with them that their pursuit of that 73 win record uh, drained them and that they felt a lack of energy in the NBA finals. It was a variable that contributed to them losing. And I took that to heart and I pay close attention now. I believe it, I believe in human nature as well. And I believe that we are just human beings, right? We're just flesh and blood. And there's only so much energy you can put out there. And I think the Suns, A, put too much focus on the regular season. And B, when it came to really important tests against both the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies, people forget, too, the Memphis Grizzlies late in the season pounded them. I mean, that was not even close. Devin Booker looked <laughs> awful in that game. And so when I saw those games and I'm thinking, OK, I, the Suns don't scare me. The Grizzlies do scare me. Um, and the Grizzlies and Warriors had this little history going back a year, uh, going back to last year. And um, so that's where I formulated these opinions on. Now, in regard to the Mavericks beating the Suns, I do think that was impressive. Um, I did not think the Suns would beat the Mavericks. And, 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 but again, I also was saying game seven, Luca, I don't want that ever. Like, I don't want this series <laughs> against the Mavericks going to seven. I don't want Luca Doncic coming into chase center in a game seven. Hell no. I, I please don't ever, ever entertain that thought with me unless it realistically happens. That's a dark thought to me. I don't want to entertain it. And the Suns unfortunately put themselves in that position. Uh, you know, so you have what you have now, but um, I do firmly believe that the Grizzlies were the second best team in this postseason. Even if you want to disregard the regular season record, uh, I just think from top to bottom, they were a 10 to 11 player deep team where most of their guys can hit threes. All of them can play defense. 
Um, almost all of them had some sort of solid offensive game. I can't think of one player on that roster who was a liability. And you're talking 11 deep. So um, that's my reasoning for the Grizzlies being such an intimidating team. Um, in regard to the Mavericks, and I'm sorry for taking up so much airtime here. Uh, please shut me up. Uh, I respect them tremendously. I think, Luca, you and I have talked off the air, messaging, phone calls. I, I respect Luca tremendously. There is no true. doubt in my mind. Very true. He is, he is the superstar of this game now and for many years to come. I do not believe that uh, that Jalen Brunson is the Robin to the Batman that's going to carry the Mavericks to a world championship. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, we'll find out soon. But I just don't see that. I've never seen the, a second, third fiddle, in this case being Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. I guess that's who the third person is here. Who, by the way... <laughs> said that like you can't it, pronounce his last name. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm, I, I said it more because I don't know if that's who you would consider to be the third best player. Like, is he your third best player? I mean, who no, would you the, consider your... Yeah, the third best player is Dorian Finney-Smith at this point. I mean, his, his 3D okay. has been incredible this postseason. Bullock has been... Him and Bullock are probably like right there and then Dinwiddie I mean when he's going off like he did in game seven he can be that guy but but yeah I mean all these all these concerns you said are the concerns we had but that was before they beat the Suns and I think that Suns right. team was really good I think that Suns team had you know coming into the playoffs some people were saying like this team has no weaknesses and all of a sudden the Mavs started finding their weaknesses I'm curious to see how the Mavericks do that to the Warriors as well and if they can do that um because they, they play and some it, it, but Nick, I, I think that's a, that's more emblematic and more symbolic of a, a crisis we have in sports media, where like we have a lot of people covering basketball that just really do not know what they're talking about. I mean, I, look, the, the Suns, for example, the Suns, wh wh who on that team scared you? Like Devin Booker, okay, I, I could kind of see that he's an MVP candidate, um, but I, I think the Kobe comparisons were asinine. Like, let him win a world championship first before we even entertain. We're that all here for odd. this Devin Booker slander. Like every but, single you know, person but, listening. But Chris, <laughs> but Chris Paul, I mean, I'm hearing people criticize the Warriors for their age. Chris Paul just turned 37. Why is he not under scrutiny for his age? Like like uh, DeAndre Aiden, who's a great big, but until again, I need to see people prove themselves when it matters most, and it matters yeah. most deep in the postseason. And I saw the way they played against the Milwaukee Bucks. That was a series they could have and should have won, and they didn't. Um, and so I, I did, just didn't respect them the way most people did. And I, I, on one hand, I have absolute respect for the Mavericks pulling that series off because no one expected them to. I, I never made any proclamations either way, but I thought the Suns would win game seven. That did surprise me a little bit. But um, Luke, the Lucas, I mean, he's the next big thing. And, and this, as soon as the Mavericks, in my opinion, this is all subjective. It's all fun. It's just sports. But in my opinion, if, if and when Luka gets – that true second like great player next to him, the Mavericks have their dynasty in place. I really do believe that. It, it, but I just don't see it yet. That's my take. Your your pick was Warriors in five. Are you sticking with it? And you you kind of doubled down on it again later. I will I, I picked the Warriors in five against the Nuggets. I got that right. I picked the Warriors in six against the Grizzlies. I got that right. Uh, Bob Fitzgerald uh, on my podcast this, on the on Lockdown Warriors this morning said we were both on the same page until now. He said Warriors in seven I say Warriors in five, five and a half. And the reason why I say, <laughs> and the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that is because a part of me thinks that the Warriors might lose game one. Mm. Um, they're due for a letdown. The the Mavericks are riding high from that game seven. Oh, they're due it, for a letdown. They had that in game five against against the Grizzlies. That was I like the, I don't call that a letdown. I, to to me, like this is this is the brilliance of the Warriors, right? Like, and this is what happens when you they go let them win a, so that they could win in their home court. I don't think they let them win, but I think I think there's there's a certain there's certain gears they shift to with each game. Stephen Curry said something during last off season. This was before, shortly before the season started. It was an attribution that I took to heart because I think he slipped in saying this. 
and he kind of let others know what his mentality and approach is to each season. He and and I think he learned this from 2016. He sees each season as three parts. Uh, part one, important tone setter. Part two, foots off the gas. You're going through the motions. Part three, all in, right? So, and he never really revealed the dates of, of the parts, but my my guess is January through March is is part two of that. And I think they kind of saw game five of that Grizzly series the same way. They kind of looked at it and was like, look, we can either go all out in this, and if we lose, we, we got to play again two days later. And who knows how much energy we're going to have for that game. Or we won game four. That was a pivotal game in this series. And if we lose game five, we have game six. So they were, I think they were just playing the there long game. There was a lot a of more. negative gin. There was a lot of, there's, there's positive gin, there's neutral gin, and that was a lot of negative gin in, in that it game. Was, they were but, like, hey, let's you know, just back they up it so off. we can go forward. The next yeah. game. Interesting. My pick has been uh, Mavs and six. I just think that Luca is going to be able to find ways to attack this Warriors defense. I think that Brunson will be able to uh, attack Curry and Poole. And I'm curious to see how um, the Mavericks defense like fares against this Warriors team. We have not seen this Warriors team at full strength. We haven't even the, none of the regular season games tell us anything. The Mavericks were three and one in those, but I'm sure. not even taking much from those. You so shouldn't. I'm really you shouldn't curious, because the war- I think I think Luca's the best player in the series. And I think that matters much, a lot. By this much. By this much. I, I I think that's that's on one hand, I look again, I respect Luca. I think he's an amazing player, but hearing comments like that to me is really disrespectful to Stephen Curry, whom people a lot of people already consider a top ten all time player. Um, I hear people saying he's peaked. I think that's utterly disrespectful. The only measurable you can base that on what? is a shooting percentage going down slightly. His scoring average this year was two points higher than his first MVP award. Um, his rebounds and assists are, are are higher. The only number that went down was a shooting percentage slightly, and that's largely because, A, he was pursuing the three-point mark, and he's admitted that got to him because his numbers were historic before that happened. Again, he was the favorite to an MVP the first half of the season. And two, Draymond being out drastically increased his usage rate, and yeah. it did reveal how much Steph relies on Draymond, um, especially on the offensive side of things. I, I you know, like I get it. Luke is an amazing player. If we if we did a draft today, yeah, I'd probably pick him over Steph. But I mean, I mean, what what more does Steph need to do? You know, like I mean, he's I guess the Finals MVP is the one remaining thing, and hopefully he gets that this year to shut those well, remaining if, haters. If he up. gets that, would you say Curry was the best player in this series? Because like you're agreeing he, with me. I, I'm agreeing with you, but like, I, like I'm not coming. I wouldn't come out and say it like that either. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that he's the best if, player. You know, in the like series? if you if you ask me who's better, um, I don't know. I don't actually know. I mean, I might actually have to take that back because Steph has proven he can win championships, and Luca hasn't proven that yet. You know, like we've seen a lot in of superstars NBA. get far in the playoffs. You know, like people were talking about James Harden, like he's the next great thing, just a few years ago. Um, I'm not comparing those two, but all I'm saying is, like, wait until they actually hold that trophy up. Before we start kind of, you know, like saying we're not worthy, like I love Luca, but Steph's already been there and done that. I think that experience is vitally important um, and that should play a part in this. So and don't take that regular season thing to heart because the Warriors lost the season series to the Nuggets 3-1. They lost the season series to the Grizzlies 3-1 in the season series against the Mavericks this year. They did outscore them. Uh, average points per game was 106 to 105. They also outshot them 48 percent to 44 percent. Um, you know, so I, I would not look at those regular season matchups at, at all. I wouldn't take any of those seriously because this is a completely different Warriors team. I mean, they, they didn't have Draymond yeah. for yeah, those games different. and he's arguably the most important player. So, um, you know, so for the people out there, there's, they're sitting here going, dude, like, you know, like you're crazy with the things you say, I just push back and say, look, when you look at all sports in the grand scheme of things, right. 
And you look at a team like the Warriors that went through the greatest five-year run in NBA history. I mean, I don't know how you could dispute that. They're only two years removed from that. And I don't know why in those two years, everyone suddenly thinks that they've dropped off drastically. You know, it's like Clay was out for two and a half years. He's back. Stephen Curry never went anywhere. He took a year off. He won- He should have been MVP, in my opinion, last year, averaging 32 points per game. But, you know, they were the eighth seed, so he didn't get it. And Draymond Green is still at his peak of his power. So I, I And now they have a supporting cast. Jonathan Kaminga, I think, will surprise people this series. I think you're, you're going to see minutes from him because he actually did good. Uh, in those four matchups against the Mavericks. He's a matchup guy at this point in his career. Two years from now, superstar. Right now, he's a matchups guy. I think he's going to see some minutes. And the pool parties do, I think, to, to erupt. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it would be shock fun. me, though, if your team wins. But I will say this. Regardless of what happens in the series, I think this overall year is a huge win for the Mavericks. because Oh, yeah. It's already, no one... Season's already a success. Yeah. And whatever happens in this Warriors season, this, this Warriors series, already a success for this Mavericks team. Wildly. And you guys are going to get huge free agents this offseason just because who doesn't want to play with Luka now? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, look, the, you're, if Dallas you're a Dallas fan, you're happy. You're happy no matter what, you know? And we'll see what happens, though. Should be a fun series. So you're saying Mavs in six. Mavs in six. I think they finished it out yeah. on their home court. The Mavs have also, you know, not really lost at home this this playoff. So that's going to be really something to, to look at. Um, yeah. These teams are so close in the regular season, record wise. And there was there was moments there was moments where the Warriors were sliding. I thought maybe the Mavs would get that. We really wanted Same. them to get that that Same. third seed. But uh, yeah, home court's going to matter a lot in this. The Mavs just have to steal one of them on the road, and we'll see if they can do it early and catch them in, in game one. But go listen to uh, to Cyrus on Lockdown Warriors. Go comment, let's go Mavs on the Lockdown Warriors videos. <laughs> go ahead, and Warriors fans can come comment on our videos. But, uh, yeah, Nation. Go check them out. Locked Guys, thanks Mavericks. so much for listening to Locked On Mavs and Locked On <laughs> Warriors. Nick, it's always a pleasure, man. I always love chatting with you off the air. Uh, this is fun. I, I will say this, man. To me, at a minimum, uh, I don't think anyone's going to ever compare to the Grizz fan base in terms of just em- emotional, like, t- t- tumult, you know? Like, that gr- that, that, that was some legitimate emotional feelings going on between these two, these two I mean, regions. The, 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 Suns were not, the Suns were not great to Mavs fans. <laughs> and, I, and I will say that the Mavs fans were not great to Suns fans either. So this should be – this is going to be tense, I think, between the fan bases. Sports, baby, sports. Have fun in San Francisco. <laughs> there you go. Peace out. Boom.